on so many trips as a female solo traveler. Well, if you want to know how I can travel so much, you might want to check out World Packers. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can travel, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere in the world for close to nothing. We love that. All I do is type in a location and World Packers will list experiences I can browse through. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I can choose what I'm interested in and apply for a work exchange. You can even read through reviews to see past World Packers experiences and determine if it's a good fit. All you do is enter the dates and apply with a message to your host. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to meet other travelers, make new friends, go on endless adventures, explore the world, and learn about myself. I'm actually in Italy right now, and I can't wait to come to you live from Albania next. I already have my entire year planned, and you can see for yourself by creating an account at worldpackers.com. But be sure to use code Coletti to save $10 today. World Packers, where will you go next? Thanks for joining me today. I am going to do a more informal episode. Uh, kind of just have a lot on my mind and need to vent it out because I'm feeling really heavy, really, really just kind of in a dark place and depressed, to be honest. And I've been feeling that way for the last couple of weeks now. Just so much has been going on. And everything, all of my triggers and all my wounds are coming to the surface. And I trust that when those wounds are triggered, they're coming up because they're asking for us to look at them so that we can heal and grow. But it's just been a lot, a lot to handle. It feels like more than I can handle, but... I remember that saying that there's nothing God gives you that you can't handle. So I'm wondering if that's true. (laughs) But um, I've had a rough past few days. And like I said, so many areas of my life are being tested right now. And I leave for Europe in a week. And it's just starting to hit me and becoming more real and with that becoming truthfully extremely scary because I won't have a you know a safety net today my mom said know that when you're ready to come home after all this you're not gonna have a home to come home to like you're you know you're done here so that wasn't very comforting kind of just made me feel even more um insecure and not in the fact of insecure as in like about myself, just in terms of security that I don't have that security. So very intimidating and kind of making me question all of my decisions because I thought, you know, if this doesn't work out and I quote unquote fail, at least I have a backup option, a plan B, but it seems like that is not true. So um, (laughs) I've been kind of freaking out and just like mass applying to jobs and as the universe will have it, haven't had any callbacks, which I think is really interesting because I'm probably the most well-educated person I've ever met in my life. I've been in school for longer than a medical doctor. So it's just really discouraging when 
society tells you go to school to get a degree to get a good job and then you can't even get an interview is kind of um just really disheartening so i don't know i've just been telling myself it's not meant to be but after a year it gets really um like monotonous and makes you feel just inadequate on every single level so to anyone that's searching for a job out there i know the feeling i know how difficult it is for whatever reason it's like either you're too overqualified or underqualified but um i'm there with you and i just trust that eventually along the line somewhere some way somehow maybe not tomorrow maybe not next month but something will turn up. And that's exactly how I got my last job. I was job hunting for a while. I was unemployed for almost a year and nothing was working out. I was getting interviews that time, but I wasn't getting any offers. And then I was offered a job and they revoked it because I had too many points on my license, which was very strange and really heartbreaking because I was so excited and then they were just like uh just kidding so that was devastating and even though i took a defensive driving class to have the points removed they were like yeah we still can't re-offer you the opportunity so anyway a few months after that i want to say six months i got a job and then i found my current job which i'm very grateful for but it is time to leave because i've been thinking a lot about how comfort isn't the same as happiness, right? In my last relationship of two years, I was very comfortable. And I thought because he was my best friend and I was so comfortable that I should just stay. But I wasn't happy at all. We weren't in love at all. And the same thing goes with my home. I was thinking of calling off the entire trip for my plan for the next three to 12 months. And I said to myself, Lauren, Comfort is not the same as safety. I'm very comfortable here in my home. I know where I'm going at all times in my town. I could drive Long Island like with my eyes closed, but I'm not fulfilled or satisfied here at all. And I had to remind myself of that. Lauren, comfort is not the same as happiness. And I say that to you. There is a degree in relationships, jobs, whatever, that we should be comfortable. You know, at my current job, I feel comfortable. I've made friends. I know what I'm doing. I feel comfortable there, but I don't feel happy. I don't feel like it's rewarding or bringing meaning to my life. Do I feel like it is a stepping stone? Absolutely. Do I feel like it had its purpose in my life? For sure. But it's not something that I see myself doing long-term. And honestly, I had to tell myself the money isn't worth it because I'm making decent money where I can pay my bills and do really nice things for myself. But I don't think that is necessarily worth my sanity or my mental health anymore. But I just kind of wish you could have both, you know, I, I, grew up in a house where it was like, you hate your job, but you do it to pay the bills. I never was shown you can do your life's passion and your purpose work and be 
abundantly compensated for it. I never learned that. I learned that you don't do what you love. You do what you have to do to get by and settle for the bare minimum. And that's really what my mom has taught me and conditioned me for the last X amount of years of my life, where I feel currently, since I am branching out and leaving the nest, she is very resentful against me. And I said to her today, I said, mom, don't resent me because of the way your life turned out. And I know that if I ever have kids, I will want better for my kids than how I was raised. And unfortunately, not everyone thinks it like that. They think, oh, my kids are going to get exactly the way I was raised, but I want to do better for my children. I want to see my kids thrive and teach them that their dreams are possible and they can have do be whatever they want. They don't have to live their life for me to satisfy me, to please me on my terms. It's their life to live. It's not mine. And I feel really sorry for children whose parents have tried to live vicariously through them because I know how damaging and detrimental that is to your self-esteem and just your whole concept of who you are as a human being. So anyway, I've been doing a lot of reflecting today and I was meditating and I was, as I was meditating, this sentence came to me randomly And it said, you are the missing piece you've been looking for. And that line just randomly popped into my head. And I was just like, wow, you are the missing piece that you've been searching for. And I think where the sadness is coming from inside of me is this deep self-hatred, this deep refusal to accept myself and constantly reject myself. And it's no wonder that on the outside of my life, what's being mirrored back to me is a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot uh, of rejection as of late, like crippling constant rejection every day, whether it be from jobs I've been applying for that I felt would be a really good fit, or I felt, wow, that looks super interesting. I think I'd be really good at that. And then just getting (laughs) an email back like four hours later, you were not selected for this job. (laughs) Please try again in a year. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And even by friends, right? So I've been working on not chasing because I heard this mantra when I was doing an affirmation hypnosis the other day that said, I do not chase, I attract. And I really love that because I feel like my life has been this constant uphill battle, this constant struggle of me chasing after people, places, and things that don't reciprocate the feeling. Like unrequited love is quite literally my middle name. So with friendships even, it's been really unfortunate I've had, I've lost insane amount of people in the last year. I lost my boyfriend, which was a great thing, but I've lost a lot of friendships and the veil is coming off on a lot of people because as I've started to grow and really nurture and cultivate developing this relationship with myself, it seems that everyone that doesn't align with me stepping into my higher self has been like dropping like flies. It's been intense. It's been very intense to say the least. So when I started setting boundaries and saying no to people 
And I just want to make sure that this is recording because my screen monitor turned off. So please bear with me. Okay. We are still recording. Thank God. <laughs> that would suck. So when I started saying no, and when I stopped people pleasing, I still do, but I'm working on it and I think I'm getting better at it. When I stopped self-sacrificing as much, people that were only benefiting from them being able to walk all over me suddenly started to fall away. And that was pretty apparent to see, right? And even though it really hurt because I lost my best friend this last year after I told her, I don't like the way that you've been treating me. You've been treating me very rude and disrespectfully and frankly, kind of like a bully. And she essentially was just like, yeah, whatever, like, fuck you and unfollowed me and didn't apologize. And we just never talked again. And that's still difficult because I really miss her. And I do have days where I want to reach out to her, but then I have to remind myself, Lauren, why are you going to chase after people that don't care about the way that they make you feel? So when I stopped chasing after people, it's like silence. It's crickets. I was so tired of always being the one initiating. So tired of always being the one asking, Hey, can you hang out? So fed up with texting my friends, asking them to get together and then leaving me on red and never answering me. It really goes to show you who prioritizes you being in their life. And it's not to say that you should come first and people should always put your needs before theirs. Absolutely not at all. I don't believe that at all. But, you know, I, I posted a quote on Instagram today. I said, I will respect your space and boundaries, but if you can't even send me a text, then you're not for me. And that's not only in the context of romantic relationships, but also in the context of friendships. A lot of the relationships in my life have been unequal. I've been giving so much and people just take, or it's not 50, 50. I'm always the one asking and I'm really tired of that. I need it to be a mutual effort. I want someone to want me as much as I want them. Again, not just romantically, but platonically even. So when I stopped texting first, when I stopped always being there to be someone's freaking emotional support pet and started saying, hey, I just don't have the capacity to do that right now. I'd say half of the people that I was trying so hard for, just I stopped hearing from them. And it's a rude wake-up call. It's it's a sucky feeling because then you feel insignificant and unimportant and not seen or valued. And it's a hard pill to swallow. But anyone that's meant to be in your life, they won't overlook you. They won't ignore you or reject you. And I think I talked a lot about that in my last episode. So friendship wise, you know, I have been feeling kind of lonely. Like I don't have the support that I would like. And that is why I'm really excited to go to Europe because I think I'll meet a lot of people and I'll make a lot of friends and I won't feel as alone. And dating wise, I've been triggered. (laughs) activated. I prefer the word activated over triggered because I think triggered is just really overused, but I've been really activated because several weeks ago, I've told this story a couple times now I was ghosted 
by someone that I had taken interest in, but I didn't really know him like that. I just thought he was freaking delicious, like just so yummy. (laughs) So, um, I had asked him out and again, a lot of times I'm the masculine energy pursuing, initiating, going after, because I don't like waiting for a man to come to me. I will be waiting until the day I die. So if I see something I want, I try to go and get it typically in dating situations. So I asked him out. He said, yes, we were texting on Instagram and then he had ghosted me. He disappeared for a week or two. And then I went back to the restaurant where he worked because it's my favorite restaurant, Hardeen and Patchogue. If you live in <laughs> Long Island, go there. It's so good. Their goat cheese fritters are fucking sex in your mouth. They're so good. And their avocado toast is really good too. And their French onion soup. So anyway, I went back to the restaurant and he saw me and I was looking like a snack. I'm not going to lie. I felt super confident and great. And I went there and then I guess he was like, wow, I fucked up. So, cause I didn't make a big fuss out of it. I just treated him kindly with respect. And then he had messaged me and apologized for ghosting me. And we ended up hanging out that night. And I questioned in that moment, I said, Lauren, would I really be in my self-worth if I hung out with someone that ghosted me? Probably not, but I'm drunk, so I'm going to do it anyway. So we hung out and you guys, I really had like the best time ever. I really had such a great time. I hadn't gone on a date in a while. It's been kind of a dry spell for me. I feel very touch deprived and just my skin is so hungry. That's where I'm at. But we didn't do anything sexual, although I feel like I might have. <laughs> he, y'all, he's just very tempting. Um, but anyway, we hung out and he picked me up and was just so sweet. And we just talked and got to know each other for like four hours over some shots And I felt like we got along so well. I thought the vibe was great. We both made each other laugh. We had so many things in common, similar values and interests. And I was just like, wow, this is refreshing. Like, I really like this person on just a personal level. Like I fuck with them. And there were some red flags that came out saying, you know, he's not into relationships. He's never really been in a serious relationship. And sometimes he goes to work drunk so he potentially could have a drug and alcohol problem that is to be determined but other than that (laughs) so I got dropped off back home we hugged and I just felt really good about the situation and then a week passes and I don't hear from him and I was bummed because I thought we got along really well. There seemed to be some like sexual tension and I thought there was chemistry. Like what the fuck? So I had been sent, this is actually, excuse me, I'm hiccuping a really funny story. So sometimes I endorse brands on my Instagram because I have a decent social media following on there. And I was sent these products to try out and I wasn't going to use them because I don't smoke like that. So since the guy said he was essentially a pothead, like high all day, every day, 
I was like, all right, a week's gone by. Let me message him and see if he wants this stuff. So I basically said, hey, I have this grinder and this stash jar and this rolling tray. Do you want them? I'm not going to use them. And he was very polite and nice. And he said, hey, you smiley face. Um, Yeah, I would love them. How much do you want? And I said, don't be silly. I'm not going to charge you. Like, (laughs) I got them for free. I'm, I'm offering this to you. And then he said, no, I don't want to take it like for free. I'll pay you. And I said, listen, you can repay me by hanging out with me again. Okay. And he was like, yeah, that sounds good to me. I'll take you up on that offer. And he said, how's tonight? And I was like, yeah, tonight's good. When can I expect you by? Like, what time do you want to get together? (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. He ghosted me second time and I'm laughing about it because it's it's funny kind of like it is very I am very you know a little heartbroken but I can't even act surprised because when someone shows you who you are you have to believe them and the first time I was ghosted I knew in that moment that he had the potential to do it again Even though when we went out on our date or whatever you want to call it, I said to him, hey, I'm really big on communication as respect. And I think that dating someone is one of the most immature things you can do. So please never do that to me again. Like, just be honest with me and I will respect you a lot more for having the dignity and the bravery to do that rather than just falling off the face of the earth. And he was like, yeah, I agree. I'm sorry about that. And then he did it again, which was kind of like a sucker punch in the gut. But what can you do? So I have been trying not to take that personally. I do have a sensitivity to rejection because my core wound is feeling not good enough and unwanted. So naturally, when someone deads me that I was interested in, getting to know more and spending more time with, I think, oh, this is just validation and proof. I'm not good enough. No one will ever want me and I'm completely unlovable. And I've been reminding myself, it's not him, Lauren. Like it's not him. Although he had great hair and like the juiciest lips and was just so sexy. (laughs) It's not him. It's what he represents. It's the meaning you're giving it. He is your wound of feeling inherently rejected. And I'm reading this book that is fabulous called Women Who Love Too Much. And it's essentially about codependency and love addiction. I might have shouted it out once before. But essentially it says you feel worthless, right? So you're attracted to people and you magnetize people to you who reflect, I'm worthless. And then because they can't give you what you need, they can't love you, you affirm to yourself, wow, it's true, I really am worthless. When it's not that anything's wrong with you, it's that it's who and what you're going for. And I have to really remind myself of that. Like, Lauren, you are fine the way you are. It's just you're going for people that don't have the capacity or the ability 
to see you and show up for you and reciprocate. So just remind yourself of that when you're feeling like something is very wrong with you and that's why you're single or that's why your husband left you or that's why you don't have any friends. Perhaps it's not them. It's the meaning you're giving to it and the energy that you're assigning it. And it's just the vibration at which you're, the frequency at which you're vibrating to put it in woo-woo terms. So that happened. And then this week, so being honest, I started taking Ozempic again, which I was taking last year and I lost all this weight on it. And I lost so much weight that I was like, oh, I don't know if I should keep taking this. Like I'm really skinny (laughs) because for some reason I learned very early on to associate my appearance with my deservingness or my value and my worth. So I always thought if I look a certain cookie cutter way, then I'm more lovable. So my whole life is I've just been crawling out of my skin, constantly trying to fix myself and change myself and make myself prettier and look better because on some level, even though I knew logically that wasn't true, I thought if I'm perfect, then someone will accept me and approve of me. So since I'm going to Europe and it's April, I'm like, okay, I want to lose weight because again, for some reason that is not true and false, I associate being thin with being happy because I've never been thin my whole life. I've always been thicker and bigger. And I've never accepted that about myself. I've always wanted to be petite and tiny and small because I see the way that guys look at girls that are basically pocket sized. And I've just felt so invisible my whole life because I'm a big girl. Like I'm almost six feet tall. I'm big. I stand out. But at the same time, I've always felt so invisible. It's very, it's a dichotomy. So anyway, I started taking this semaglutide and paying out the ass for it, mind you. And I know I really, for anyone that has diabetes and can't get a hold of the drug because it's on back order, I really, I apologize. I'm part of the problem. So I take responsibility for that. But anyway, I was on it for like eight weeks. And by the eight week week mark, I usually had reached my goal weight and was chilling. But by week four, I was gaining weight and it was really upsetting because here I am fucking poisoning myself, mind you, risking giving myself cancer all to be slim and I'm paying all this money and I'm gaining weight. So the doctor kept increasing the dose and increasing the dose and increasing the dose. And I'm just feeling worse and worse because I'm working my ass off, spending all this money trying to feel confident on my trip so that I could wear cute clothes and feel good about myself. And I'm getting bigger. And then two or three weeks ago, I started getting this acne, like severe cystic acne. If you all saw my face right now, I look like a freaking peanut patty. It's not cute. So here I am. I probably spent like a thousand dollars at this point, if not more. And not only am I getting chunkier, but I'm also 
breaking out. So it's like my worst fear coming true because I was like, at least if I'm skinny and have acne, like I'll be thin and ugly. But instead now I'm fucking fat and ugly, which I don't mean to say if you're fat and or ugly that you ain't worth shit. It's just, those are probably the two most triggering things for me is being fat and ugly. And I'm using air quotes because I just further associate that with me being completely like the scum of the earth and going to die alone forever because no one could ever love Lauren as she is. And as I'm walking yesterday, cause it's been surprisingly nice and hot here in New York the last week, I'm like, Lauren, you are refusing to love yourself. The issue isn't the weight, whether you're 145 pounds or 165 pounds, whatever, you're still you, you are not your weight. You're not your waist size. You're not your jean size. You're not your appearance. You're not your physical body. And this is all delusional. Like it's legitimately all in your head because I've dated people when I've been 180, 90 pounds and I've been my thinnest and looked my quote unquote hottest. And I have felt so lonely and it doesn't matter. There's people of all shapes, sizes, colors, body types, appearances, and they get married and are happy because guess what? They accept themselves. The issue isn't the weight gain. The issue is that I refuse to approve of myself as I am. So I had this crazy thought and I'm like, Lauren, what if you just allow yourself to get fat? And I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't do that. That'd be like the worst thing ever. I would die. (laughs) Like it's a literal fear of death. And I'm being lighthearted, but I do take it very seriously because I almost died due to bulimia. I had an eating disorder for 15 years. I would still say I have disordered eating and body dysmorphia, but I almost died because of my bulimia. So I know how serious it is. And I just thought, Lauren, what if you just let yourself, you let your, not let yourself get fat, like let yourself go, but stop taking care of yourself. That's not what I mean, but just let your body be what your body wants to be. Like stop, stop poking and prodding and trying to fix and change because you complain. No one will want me. No one will love me. Well, bitch, you don't even fucking love or want yourself. And I was thinking of like talking to my little cute fucking roly poly baby self. I was the, the chubbiest baby. I was so cute. And telling myself, you're not lovable because you have roles. And I almost started crying because that's just terrible. What if you are inherently love? What if you're the the missing piece you've been searching for all along? Okay, that did stop recording at some point. So I don't know where we left off. So I'm just going to end this here. Ah, big sigh. So if you want to stay in touch or connect with me, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned to see pictures and videos and hear about my trip. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, my loves.